Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com breadbox. Welcome to Quote Me, a weekly that seeks to encourage, inspire, and lift you up to be all you were created to be. Words are powerful. Recognizing and celebrating the impact they have on our lives can comfort or challenge us, or both at once. I'm your host, Lindsay Schlegel, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I hope we can honor the truth, beauty, and goodness of well-chosen language, and so glorify God. Let's begin. Another writer joins us today. We're kind of developing this theme this season, which I'm super excited about. Carolyn Asfalk is a wife, mother, and author of contemporary Catholic fiction, um, and she interviewed me a couple of years ago for CatholicMom.com, so I'm going to put that link in the show notes uh, when my book came out, and now I have the pleasure of chatting with you today. Thanks, Lindsay. I'm looking forward to this. Turn the yeah. tables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, super fun. Um, so your quote is from Pope John Paul II, become who you are. Um, but you were telling me before, you think it's more likely from, oh dear, I don't know if I can say this right, familiaris consortio? Yes, I think so. Sure. Yeah. Uh, family become what you are. So can you tell us a little about where this, how you came to this quote and what it means for you? Right. I'm not sure where I first found it, um, but I pasted it up on my website and everything because I loved it so much and it meant a lot to me. And then as I was looking for its source, I was finding it's a similar themes attributed to a lot of people. But the first person that'll come up is Frederick Nietzsche and that he's the one that said it. Um, and then there's an E.E. E. Cummings quote that's kind of similar. And then there's the St. Catherine Siena quote. And I think you had a guest another season with that quote, yeah. that, um, you know, become who you're meant to be and you'll set the world on fire, which is right. kind of how I take this shortened become who you are uh so it's kind of all over but it looked like the reason it's coming from pope saint john paul ii is because in his document on the family he said families become what you are so i tried to reinterpret in my mind <laughs> in a family context which wasn't far off as how i was thinking of it but I, I think it's it's interesting because i probably stumbled on the quote on pinterest or something so you have like all these images and these little quotes, and there's really no way to authenticate the veracity right there, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. I mean, you can download a lovely uh, cover for your iPhone or something with the quote and the picture of the Pope, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he actually <laughs> said it. <laughs> yeah, I've actually heard that that St. Catherine of Siena quote, she said, um, be who God meant you to be and you will set Italy on fire. Oh. And he, people changed it to the world. She was speaking to a group of teachers and she okay. was encouraging them. Um, but I mean, yeah, first at Italy and then the world, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it takes really a lot away from, I mean, the 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 heart of what it's trying to say is still the same. Right. Except when you start to put Nietzsche in there, that's when I think it starts to get interesting that you can take these words 
and depending on who says them and what context they're in. Um, right. I mean, well, I think, yeah, go I ahead. Think, yeah, when I'm thinking about, so become who you are, I think it depends on, well, who, who are you? It begs the question, like, what's my mission? Where did I come from? Where am I going? So depending on how you answer that question affects what it means to you. You know, so I'm yeah. thinking of it as like my mission as a Christian woman, you know, and if you take it somewhere else, it's totally different. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's interesting that you went right to where did I come from, um, which I think is a totally natural thing to do. But I also don't know that our culture, when it asks who you are and the you do you kind of a deal, I don't know that that is always a given that people are going to start with where did I come from? Right. And I think that's how we start to see things really differently as Christians, as, as Catholics, is that where we came from is an integral part of who we are. And I think it is for everyone, but it's, I don't know, I think one of the things that's so beautiful about our faith, and as I'm still becoming the woman God made me to be, and as I'm guiding my children, God willing to be the people that God made them to be, I'm so aware of what, like what you said before, if you want to know where you're going, you have to know where you came from. Yeah. You can't just start in this moment. And just for like think that nothing happened, everything that happened before you doesn't matter because like the basically that's the thinking is that the, now the world revolves around you, right? And I think yeah, the world it's it's such a malleable thing. I can be this person today. I can change this. I can change my gender. I can change everything. And some of those things are good to change. You know, change can be very good. Um, but there's certain fixed things about us that are what they are. And yeah, I think that's where we really diverge from the culture. Yeah. So then, what do you feel happens with once you become who you are or in the, when you're in the process of becoming who you are, like what effect do you see that having on, I guess, on your community, like, and I guess individuals and as communities, like, why do you feel that Pope John Paul II did focus this on the family? Well, the family, I'm kind of take for granted because we all have one, <laughs> but if you had, unless you have a really bad one we kind of just kind of there and they shape who we are. I think you only realize how much they shape you as you get older. And then, you know, as I got married and I saw how my husband's family influenced him and you really see that things have long repercussions, like even little things that stick with them from their family of origin have a big effect. And so, you know, we know as Catholics, that's, that's our domestic church, our family. And so the more we can model that after our mother church and that relationship of the Trinity and the Holy family, um, I guess the more we, we are, a family that's uh, made in the image of God. Yeah. 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 I think you're totally right. So my husband and I are, we grew up in basically the same town and we're two months and six days apart in age. So a lot of, but we didn't know each other until we were teenagers. So it's interesting that we have memories of like the same spaces yeah. and the same, you know, the same grocery stores. And like, we went to the same church, but we didn't know each other. Um, but even in so much being the same, I think early in our marriage, sometimes I would take for granted that my impression of something was the same as his because we were so close in age and we grew up in like six minutes away from each other. Right. Um, but that's not the case. Your family does shape you. Um, yeah. And it's, it's been interesting to see some of those things are similar and some of them are different. Um, well, that's funny because my husband and I also grew up like a half a mile from each other. <laughs> our right. age is a little farther apart. But again, we knew all the same people in the neighborhood the same stuff, which is fun to be able to ruin us together. But you're right. We don't have identical memories or understandings right. of things. And we, I took it for granted that like, well, if this is the way I think about it, this must also be the way he thinks about it. Yeah. Um, but he's a man and I'm a woman and we have mm -hmm. different families. And 
I mean, so many other things that are different about us that we can't take that for granted, but at the same time, not think that that's a bad thing. Yeah. Like the good thing that we bring, and for whatever, all the reasons God brought those, these two perspectives together to create a new family. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and, pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then our kids have, you know, I can't, and now we live in the same, we still live in the same town. Um, <laughs> and our kids are growing up in this town, but they're growing up in a different way and it's a different time. And we just can't take those things for granted. We have to focus on the individuality of who we are as individual, as, as people and, and what that means for our family. And then I love that, I love that you're bringing us to talk about the family because that's, that's the, the foundation, right? Of like what goes out into the world. Um, like if we want changes to happen in our world, then it has to start in our family. Right, exactly. And I guess that's where this brought me back to, like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? You know, and it's all about your mission, right? So my vocation, first and foremost, is a wife and mother. And and it helps kind of focus me. Sometimes you, when you find yourself getting off track or something needs to change in life because things are out of whack. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a really kind of centering, okay, back to the basics. Like, what's the goal? Kind of a memento mori moment. Like, what's the end goal here? What do I need to focus on? Oh, what's back to this? This is who I am. This is why I'm here. God made me to know Him, love Him, serve Him, so I can be happy with Him in the next. So, it all yeah. kind of revolves around that very basic understanding. And can you tell us about how? So, so that's your vacation, but your calling, if you want to separate it that way, is to be a writer. So, how did how does how do those things feed each other for you? Well, for me, I kind of came, I mean, I wrote my whole life, but I only came to like the fiction writing that I do fairly recently, like in the last 10 years. Um, and I didn't kind of set off. I kind of stumbled into it <laughs> in a way. Um, but it became such a, uh, I don't know, I, I guess a, I didn't have much of an outlet for anything adult or um, creative when I had little babies. And, and my kids aren't that old yet, but there was still, it was kind of a relief to be able to have a little time to to focus on something else and and see what would happen with that so i find unfortunately it seems like when i'm doing one thing well i'm not doing the other thing well like if we're all caught up at home like i'm not writing at all and if i'm writing really well like things are falling through the cracks left and right so it's always this struggle to find some kind of balance that works so i figure it evens out yeah <laughs> some days it's weighted one way and some the other but it evens out hopefully overall but it, yeah. yeah overall it's kind yeah. of like a diet, you know, you can't like have a steady junk food or if you're eating healthy all the time, kind of if you get somewhere in between, it, it works. <laughs> somewhere a while ago, I heard about like being a toddler, like they don't have to have the, like a, a totally balanced diet each day. Like you right. need to think about it over the course of a week. Like yes. some days your kid just only wants strawberries and the next day, like he only wants chicken and you're yeah. like, well, if I put those two together, I could have made a lovely salad, yeah. you know? Um, but I think, yeah, there, I think I've, I've come to see that too, that when I think about my life in balance of a week rather than a day, it is easier yeah. to see that the balls are all kind of mostly up in the air. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly what I was trying to recall about the children's diet and <laughs> you hit it perfectly. And then, yeah, I mean, I find if I'm not doing, then there are times that you think, well, okay, things are falling out of balance. So maybe I need to totally focus on this or totally focus on that. But that doesn't work. I don't, for me, that doesn't work. No, I can't. I'm so pulled in so many different directions. I can't focus for on any one thing for any stretch of time. So I have to be able to just bounce back and forth because yeah. that's the only way anything happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And God is calling us. He's not calling us to do one particular thing. Um, I think it's good for all of our families too, right? When their kids see that we're doing 
different things and we have interests that we're still cultivating and we're still learning more about our faith and we're spending time in prayer and we're, you know, eat, eating our vegetables, but also enjoying dessert night. Um, yeah. That's so important for them to see that life is so full and there's so many beautiful things and we have to treat them properly um, and use them the way that they were intended. But when we do, life is a really beautiful and wonderful thing. Right. Yes gives more sense of a tapestry of how all these things work together to make you who you are. Yeah. And sure, some things are more important than others, but all of it's part of being kind of well-rounded whole person. Yeah. 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 I love that idea of a tapestry. That's beautiful. Um, and this is kind of making me think, I know some of your fiction, I'm not sure all, some, some are all, um, draws on the theology of the body. Can you talk a little about how, what inspired you to pull those themes in particular into your fiction? Well, when my husband and I were first married, we used to volunteer for Engaged Encounter for until we had a couple babies and it just became difficult. And so we spent a lot of time kind of focusing on marriage and family life in that way and human sexuality. And there was such a large gap between sometimes what we were talking about and what the couples coming to Engaged Encounter knew of. So I didn't set out to write anything, you know, catechetical or all that, but I, I had been absorbing those teachings and those issues for so long that I think it was only natural that it kind of spilled out when I started to write fiction. Yeah, that totally speaks to what, I mean, it, it matters what kind of content we're taking in. Yeah, definitely. Because it's going to have an impulse. If you're a writer, then it totally, I mean, my, my dad shared an article with me a while ago that even the sentence structures, like what you were last reading, if you read a certain kind of article and then you go try to write, you will often mimic the sentence structures of what you just read or like what you just watched on TV, those, your brain like picks up on things and repeats them and mimics them. Um, so if it's going to do that for sentences, it's certainly going to do that for themes and values and the things that um, we take in as either being condoned or, or unacceptable or, um, you know, like we, we still need to have our, as fiction writers, right? We still need to have our characters do things that aren't great because if they right. did it perfectly all the time, that's not even the story of a saint because saints messed up too. Right. Um, but there's the, the the tone that we put on it and the the idea of whether or not the story as a whole accepts what the sin that's happening or do are we looking for redemption or right um fiction thinking, writing's still kind of like a mystery to me too because it's I'm always kind of in awe like when you're finished something and like wow this is in here and I didn't consciously put that like it's some kind of weird combination of you know like a little bit of talent a lot of work and then like all these unconscious subconscious stuff and then hopefully the holy spirit <laughs> and yeah. you end up with hopefully something you know that's uh cohesive and makes sense and is a little transcendent but it's always kind of a mystery to me yeah and it's kind of a risk to put yourself out there in a way where something comes out on the page that you didn't even expect to come out yeah <laughs> um, but when we trust that this is what god's asking us to do then it's worth it yeah definitely I know on my writer's group, there'll be times that, you know, I, someone will submit something and and everyone will call out something that like, you are around the room, well, the virtual room, um, and everyone says something that they connected with and something that they struggled to understand or had questions about. And often that is very consistent. And sometimes when it's finally the author's turn to speak, she says, I had no idea that was in there. <laughs> it was not on purpose at all. And sometimes it's that's super cool. I love that that's there. And sometimes it's, how do I get that out? I didn't mean that there. I know. It's good when it's the former. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. wow, I did that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but it's creativity is a beautiful and challenging thing. Um, yeah, but it helps us draw closer to God and be who we're meant to be. It does. Yeah. Um, so we are going to link to your website in the show notes so people can check out your books there. Um, and we're just about out of time. Okay. So thanks for hanging out with me. Oh, thanks so much. This was fun. Always good to chat with another writer. Uh, listeners, to suggest a quote or a guest, follow the show on Instagram, quote me underscore podcast, or connect connect with me at my website, lindsayschlegel.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you find your shows, and tell a friend. Until next time, God bless you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.